Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. What's up, you animals? It's Knife Talk. This is the number one podcast in the knife-making game for anybody who's interested in knives, knife-making, DIY, makers, maker community, we're with you. I'm Jeff Fader from Fader Knives. I'm here with Mareko Momasi, Momasi Fire Arts, and Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives. What's going on, guys? <laughs> it's early, well isn't it? It's early for you guys. Wow. Well, for me especially. Yeah. So, sure, so I apologize, so. first off, <laughs> if I'm a little slow this morning. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll, we'll okay, get I'll, you, we'll I'll get start. you all worked I'll up. start. Uh, what's been going on? Kids are back in school, which means I have time and stuff. It's fucking great. Um, yeah, kids went back uh, two days ago. This is their second day today. Um, so, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. I have been, um, it sounds strange, 3D printing nipples uh, for hey, the baby. last two days. Um, I've got this new... <laughs> I've been working on this batch of knives for a restaurant, um, and they're like what we call like a skeleton knife. You know, there's there's no handle to it, but it's got the, the, these hollows in the handle. Um, and I was thinking about packaging for these. How can I just package? I mean, they're not going to be opened as if it's you know an individual knife. These are just a bunch of knives going off to uh, to a restaurant. Um, but obviously, I don't want them scratched up and stuff. So um, I've been. Pre- if you can imagine what a nipple. Which you have that outer ring, then you have that inner lump. <laughs> the ori- the <laughs> you mean the aerial? Uh, the the, the oriel, I think you're going to call it. Then when you the chewy bit, <laughs> the fucking <laughs> areola. Okay, okay. Um, so imagine that sort of elongated, like oblong shape, 
Um, right. And then the um, the skeleton of the knife literally just pops onto that. So this nipple is then stuck on a piece of a card, which is all nicely branded and printed nicely. The nipple is stuck to the card, and then the, the knife just snaps neatly onto it. Um, and they can stack up then you. to be shipped all nicely. So, yeah, so that's that's been real fun to do, actually. Um, I've been enjoying that. Um, yeah, cracking on with, with past orders. And um, it's it's been good. It's been good. Time in the shop, right. which I'm really happy happy with. Um, there's not going to be much of it this week, unfortunately, because uh, the wife is off to London. Um, she, she finishes her maternity um, leave, and she goes straight into a two-day meeting in London. So... I'm literally left holding the baby and 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 the girls who are back in school. So it's going to be busy. It's going to be a busy week, but um, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be good. Any gigs coming up or um, nothing for a while? September we got two. September 17th, September 18th. So yeah, we've had almost six weeks off with you know other members being on holiday and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, so yeah, September 17th and 18th. Yes, all good, all good. That's good. It is good. I feel invigorated full of life so you you sound a lot better because sometimes i worry about your health because sometimes you're a little bit you know i think i feel like you've over you overdo it sometimes so i'm glad you you de- definitely sound like you have but, a little bit of more pep in your but step but normally we record and it's the middle of the day for you and it's late on a friday night for me so no no no, 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 no. but you get sick a lot i do get you get I, sick a i lot. do i do yeah yeah but uh, i ha- you do too much craig <laughs> <laughs> Too little, some might say. Mareko, your week. What's been going on? Uh, just been doing regular knife stuff, honestly. Uh, I'm working on three knives right now um, that I'm going to be taking to a little show in Nashville at the end of September. Nice. Uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, what is it? It's called the Arts and Metal Show. It's a kind of an invitational show. So I'm taking, um, actually Nick Anger and I are going to be there. Our aunt, Monsieur Angers is going to be there, uh, with me as well. We'll be the first, uh, culinary knife makers to attend this show or be invited to the show. Cool. Um, and so, yeah, I'm working on a, a few little knives that'll be nice. And, and, uh, I don't know, I haven't done a show in a long time, so it's kind of a little bit nerve wracking getting things ready. Um, this, this show is a, it's an art knife show. And so, you know, some of the people in the room are going to be some of, um, you know, are the living legends of knife making. Mm. Um, and you know, there are some pieces in there that are easily going to sell for like a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll be like the bottom of the barrel. At the oh, show. Come on. Cut don't don't fish over here. You're yeah. fishing. No, I'm not. not I'm serious. Yes, you're fishing. Because if you're invited, you're invited, that means that they know you can cough it up. And yeah. you can, we all everyone knows you can cough it up. Yeah. We'll see. And these uh, pieces who's putting up shit for a hundred thousand yeah. dollars, by the way? Uh, I think last year Michael Walker sold a knife for a hundred thousand dollars. What we want to know, who's Was the like customer? A... Who's the one who got oh, the I money? Have no idea. <laughs> I don't know, did, it, did it include, I mean, you know, oh. I wonder what it included. I mean, so, uh, what is it? My, Mike Quesenberry, a <laughs> uh, buddy of mine who was, and great knife maker, buddy of ours, uh, great knife maker, he was at the show last year, and I guess uh, Axel Rose is a knife enthusiast from uh, the former singer of Guns N' Roses, and... Um, and current, some of the, the ways current that... singer of Guns N' Roses. Yeah, oh, is he still? Oh, they're, they're touring. Oh, at the yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he was on a death's doorbell. Or <laughs> no, man, doorstep. they fucking pumped him full of fucking steroids, and he's <laughs> out there out. like a fucking yeah. maniac. Like Michael Jackson got slash back in. Everyone, money came. Every money came to the door, and all money solves all yeah, problems. Yes, they're back, baby. 
All right. Well, anyways, the current singer of GNR, the only singer of GNR, <laughs> uh, is a knife collector, and he he's one of you know the the big names that were at the show last year. Wow. Um, or buying knives at the show last year, yeah. and so, so it'll be interesting. Will um, you have the, knives available to buy, or these customer knives that you you, you take into show, or what's what's the? No, no, no. I have to have work available to purchase. Okay. Um. So I'm taking three knives. I'm taking a, a five and a half inch Honeski, which is kind of kind of like a Japanese style utility knife, uh, slash boning knife. Uh, and then I'm taking a Santoku, and a European style chef's knife. Cool. And. And, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to, to try to get those put finished up because, I mean, honestly, September, I fly out September 22nd, you know, that, so that's coming up in three weeks basically now mm-hmm. as we're recording, and uh, it's coming up fast. Yeah. You've had some Joe Rogan love this week as well. I did. I got a shout-out from Joe Rogan, which is very kind of him. Um, but I'll tell you, it brings some very interesting people out of the woodwork to say <laughs> Uh, to say the least, who are interested in the work. I, yeah, just fielding uh, interest and stuff is always kind of interesting after that happens and a lot of people asking for stuff. And honestly, I don't have anything for sale, so I, I'm just directing everybody to my newsletter. Yeah, Newsletter, 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 newsletter. But I have those knives coming out with uh, Montana Knife Company that I designed for them. Mm. Um, so that's kind of what I've been helping to just kind of direct people to the newsletter so that they can, they, uh, they can keep an eye out for those. Um, so when you're saying interesting DMS, are you referring to like knuckle draggers or I, it's just, I don't know. Some people are like, all right. So Joe Rogan shouted me out in the post. Yeah. So the only way people were finding me was by literally tapping on my tag in the post and then going to my profile Hmm. and then. People were sending me DMs, and they were sending questions like, do you have a website? I'm like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> you already went to my bio. The link's right there. In the- ah, so stupid. <laughs> it's, just like, it's just astonishing how lazy people are. Yeah. I get people who I wrote, wrote in the bio. I had to write in the bio of Instagram. No D- I don't do business in the DMs. Yeah. It's just you can't, you can't save things. Yeah. I mean, once in a while, you get somebody say, remember the time I sent you the DM? It's like... No, shithead, we can't file these things. We can't. And they don't read. They don't care. They don't read. They just, nobody cares. Yeah. I tried to keep it simple. I was just like, sign up for the newsletter or send me an email. How many did you block? Uh, <laughs> there was, I think actually the guy who was asking about the website. <laughs> I, oh, you I just did, blocked him right? That was the answer? <laughs> that was it. I, was like, I just, I blocked and deleted his message. And I was just like, you're too stupid to deal with. And so. All right. Well, I'm glad we brought this up because there's going to be a new game coming up. I'm going to work it out. <laughs> I don't know if you heard about this new game, Mareko, but you're you are the judge. You're the judge, the oh. jury, and the executioner. <laughs> we haven't figured it out. It's not going to be this week, but I'm working it out. And it's based on the idea of I get messages from people, and I usually answer. Or if not, I'll maybe I won't answer. I usually answer. I just go about it. Some of the questions are so dumb I have once wrote to a guy, you wouldn't write this to Mareko. And it was, so the game is going to be, what would Mareko do? <laughs> and it's going to be blocked. <laughs> it's going to be, what would Mareko do? And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pose you real DMs that I've received. Okay. I am not going to tell you the names. Sure. I'm going to be anonymous about it. 
and you are going to decide. So many people are sweating right now. They're like, oh my God. Well, they should be. J.D. Eiler should be fucking. J.D. Eiler, you should be real worried, to be honest with you, J.D. So, just kidding. Just don't, don't, you know. So, basically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you off some of these DMs. And you're going to say, if you would block them for the DM. Or respond. Or respond. And my response is going to have to be, if you say block them, I got to block them. So oh, by the time, wow. okay, I like that yeah, game. that's the stakes are high. So this is totally this the the, the it's gonna. I'm working it out. It's what would Mareko do? Block or unblock? <laughs> Craig, you're, I don't know if you have chopped knives anymore, but we can figure it out too. But it, you will be the judge and jury and executioner, and we're gonna work this out. And it might be after the 250th episode. I'm working it out, but it's gonna be fun, and I'm gonna give you all the pressure. Sweet. And then I have to do it. Whatever you say, I, I have to you. do, regardless. Okay. So even if it's like Jared Thatcher writes me, so you know, calls me a shithead or something like that, you, I mean, you're you're making the decision. All right, all right. <laughs> um, and I've, just to finish up my week, I did have some notes that I wanted to share. So after, so I'm going to be at Maker Camp, um, just like housekeeping stuff. I'm going to be at Maker Camp with you, Jeff, uh, right. and so many others. Uh, September or sorry, October. What is it? Seventh to tenth. And then that following weekend on the 14th, 15th, and 16th, I'm actually traveling up to Zach Jonas's shop where I'm going to be teaching uh, an intensive um, Damascus uh, design and class where and, and theory class where basically I'm going to do everything I can to teach you how I read and understand and develop patterns. Um, so this is kind of like a Damascus master class. If you're interested in that, go check out Zach Jonas on Instagram. Um, and then the weekend after that, I'm doing a one day thing at Dragon's Breath Forge with Jamie Lundell. So we're going to be jointly teaching a class. It's a one day seminar. Um, and we're going to get into Damascus design, but we're also going to get into advanced pattern welding techniques. So some of our advanced techniques for securing solid welds and, and getting everything to stick, um, and Jamie's going to be doing some of his at, at size welding that he does for his sword billets and demonstrating some of that stuff. And we'll be talking through and discussing all that. So if you guys want our, or if anybody's interested in attending either of those, uh, go check in with either Zach Jonas, um, or Dragon's Breath Forge. Uh, don't DM you. Don't, yeah, don't DM me because you got to set up the classes with those guys. Gotcha. Uh, so yeah. Uh, Zach Jonas is Jonas underscore blade on Instagram. Also, you can just, uh, I think he's got a jonasblade.com. Send him an email. It's going to be a busy couple of weeks yeah. for you. Jeez. Yeah, it's going to be a busy three weeks. We're going to be up in the Northeast traveling around for a while. So, my, oh, the whole family's coming? Yeah. So the family's nice. coming out to Maker Camp. And then after Maker Camp, uh, I think we're going to cruise up to Albany and get a rental car. And then uh, they're going to drop me off in New Hampshire. And then the wife and the kid are going to go hang out in Connecticut for a few days while I teach this class. And then they're going to swing back up, pick me up. We're going to cruise through New Hampshire up to Maine and down through Rhode Island back to Connecticut. We'll hang out in Connecticut while I do the Dragon's Breath thing. And then we're out of there after that. So it's a smaller version of the West Coast Adventure. I mean, kind of. It's still adventure. three weeks, right? I was in wow. uh, The West Coast Adventure oh. was three weeks. So this is your bookending America. Yeah, that's exactly what. <laughs> Mareko, here's your quote. Here's the name of the title. Mareko bookends America. Yeah, I'll be in uh, the East. I guess 
Yeah, I'll be on the East Coast from the 7th of October to the 23rd of October. Wow. Cool. Look at you. Cool. Up and down. The East Coast. Up and down and all around. There it is. There it is. Jeff, what's been going on? It's been a whirlwind. Bags packed, ready to go? Well, no, I actually, the reason why we're recording this early is because I'm running down to the Center for Metal Arts after we record to teach a friction folder class. But it was super busy in the shop, and it was funny because I, we're, we're, we're doing the, our, getting already started on the September batch, which is great. We're, I've already finished the uh, utility knife for the Neptune Sunrise drop, and we, we took, that looks great, and we have this template made, and we do the template for the last knife, and then I've started, we're already going into the November knives, and I'm, I'm just rattling off this stuff for a fucking reason, because I got all this stuff done, and we're, we're working on G10, and we're loving the tile saw, and all this, that, the other thing. I'm all fired up about this morning. I go to the hardware store at 8 o'clock to get some screws, some last-minute details for this friction folder class. I go to the hardware store that I hate going to. I hate going to this hardware store because the people fucking suck there. They suck, and, I, and, I, and it bothers me, and I just there's nothing I can do about it. I go to get, all I had to get was 8, 10, 10 24 screws with wing nuts. And I got the 8, 20, 10, 24 screws. I got the fucking wing nuts. And I wrote on the bag, 8 at 20 cents and 8 at 48 cents. Bring it to the cash register. The woman, I give it to the woman. I tell the woman, that, all right, it's 8 at 20 cents and 8 at 48 cents. And she goes, blah, 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 $11. And I'm like, how's it $11? And then she goes, it's $11. And I'm like, wait a second. How is how is it under how is it eleven dollars? And she goes because you said it was eight at seventy cents and eight at sixty cents. And oh I said God. no, I didn't say any of that. I said it was eight at twenty four cents or twenty cents and eight at forty eight cents. She goes no, you didn't. And I'm looking at her, <laughs> thinking this is not the first time that this has happened. Oh my God. And I'm thinking to myself. I'm not backing down. I'm not saying, oh, I, mist- I made a mistake. Because this has happened now like three times. Right. And I said, no, no, no. I definitely did not say 70 cents and 60 cents. And she goes, yes, you did. And now we're in escalation time. <laughs> I'm ready to fuck. Jeff Fader, the fucking escalator. I'm going re- to fucking go. I'm like, and I said, I, you're, you're, I hate to tell you this, but you're, you're wrong. You're really wrong. And then she goes, okay, whatever. And then <laughs> whatever my, she, yeah, <laughs> okay, what, what, what? And roll eyes rolled so far in the back of her head. I'm surprised it even came back. And it, and she, I had already given her the money, and then she gives me extra money back, and I can hear her clicking her joke. And all I can think of is, you are the stupidest son of a bitch on this planet. Why would you try to give me a bet? Why would you try to fight me mm. over a couple of dollars and make me realize how much of a dummy you are and how much of a, how much more I hate this hardware yeah. store? And I'm getting into my car and I'm thinking, I am in a fucking bad mood right now. And it's because this woman wanted to fight me over like what I said. And it was just, it was infuriating. And now here I am. And we've got to deal with this now. You, this is that your. This is my. Woman. This Block is her fault, bitch. and you got to deal with it. <laughs> you got to deal with this fucking toad. I mean, they're telling you this woman is like. I mean, it's like this is like every time, 
And it's just like, I just want to be like, oh my God, I swear to God, I don't know why you're, what, this is the problem with customer service is that people just don't want to just be like, it would have been so much easier to just say, oh, I must've misheard you here. You should change. But you got to fucking fight me over it. Is this woman the business owner or just an employee, do you think? She might be the daughter, to be honest with you. My, it, these, this woman has been behind the register for quite some time. And this woman knows me. And I've spent some money in there. And it's like, what, is the fucking oh juice God. worth the squeeze on? Mm. Why don't you just be... People don't realize that customer service will in, enhance everything. You know? And it's just like... No, you didn't say that. I bet you she said- does that to every fucking customer all day long, and she I, ends up I, going home with an extra couple hundred dollars. Oh, you think she does the old whoopsie? Yeah. I, th- Whoa, good call. Dude, thief. I guarantee she, she's plugging it in, <laughs> they get their inventory, and then she, she it comes up six bucks, and she says $11. You pay That's 11 and she pockets move. five. That's the old bartender move. That's what okay. they do oh. in the restaurant. You know, that's the reason. Did I, I ever tell you guys the time that when Tony and I were running this restaurant, Alva, they we, they had us come in because the people were stealing from the restaurant. And the way they were stealing was the bartender was giving free drinks on the second drink. Hmm. Like, so you get two drinks and they're, and then that's considered stealing. And then the, so when we had, we came in, we were like terrified that we were going to, we had to clean the whole place up. And then it turns out. Uh, they told they can, came in. Uh, the, the owners came in and said, "Congratulations!" The private investigator came in. You guys did a good job. It's a private investigator. Yes. Like, yeah, we were watching the till. We were watching how you and the bartenders were working. We're like, fucking mortified and terrified. Mm. Wow. wow. Ah, well, I tell you what. Where you'll have good customer service. Combat abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now. And you know what? In the last 10 minutes, I've had an email from them um, saying there's a 20% discount at the moment for, is it Labor Day in the U.S.? Or yes. Going on? Um, so, yeah, so go take a look and there's 20% off for, for Labor Day. It's Labor 22 and it ends today as this is released on Monday. Ends cool. today. Make it there happen. We Hurry up. There we Hurry up. go. Okay, um, shall we do some questions, maybe? Whatever you want. Let's start with a question. I've got one here from Adam Cyphers. Um, is there any technique or material that you'd like to try to work with? That you'd like to try or work with? Um, yeah, any specific technique or material, Morocco, that you haven't um, tried yet? It's on your, on your list of things to do. Stainless, mater- uh, stainless Damascus. And woots. I I, I want to work with making my own steel uh, from an ingot, um, either by working with Peter Swarsbird or doing work with like Emiliano Carrillo. Um, I think it'd be really cool to make your own steel. But then I also think playing in stainless Damascus would be fun to do. I've only done a little. I've dipped my toes just the slightest little bit, but I haven't done a billet all on my own yet. And. It pains me to think of the cost <laughs> and the loss that will go into some of the mistakes that will be made, but it's on the list. Part of the price you pay. Yeah. Jeff, anything on the on the um the horizon that you haven't tried yet? There is something on the horizon. Uh f- good friend of mine, Erica Rosenfeld, who is an art major with me at uh at college, is a very accomplished glass blower. 
and she is part of an extraordinary group in Brooklyn, and she's represented by these glass galleries in Brooklyn, and she's in New York, and she's awesome. She she and I have a lot of similarities in terms of our d- direction. We we were she was a year behind me, but we we were friendly in in college and. We've been kind of befriending, you know, t- getting back together, you know, in terms of like just talking and stuff like that. And we're going to do a That's collaboration. That's how it always so. starts. Does your wife know about this relationship? Yes. Okay. Fuck face. Okay. Yes, Mr. Nipples. <laughs> it's, it's, I know all about it. Every, you know, actually I got my wife some of her uh, jewelry. For, she makes these uh, glass the old guilt. Really cool. I get it. I get it. Okay. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Come on, man. I mean, Jesus Christ. But she's great. She's an awesome glass blower, and uh, we're going to actually do a collaboration. Um, nice. and it's, it's, it's what, but the f- cool thing is, it's like neither one of us are, I said, let's just not pressure it and whatever happens, happens. And, and, uh, so we're kind of like going into something, but glass blowing is one of those things. I actually just got a message from my old high school, my old college roommate, Miles, who, who's an extraordinary glass blower and it's fucking, it is intense. Mm. Glass blowing is super intense. Yeah. I watched but, that blown away on Netflix, which is basically forged in fire for glass blowers. Um, and it, yeah, it's incredible. It's, it's it's an amazing thing to watch as well. It's quite dramatic. It's cool. It's so hard. It, the bl- the actual blowing the glass into like a, just a, getting your lungs into that fucking ball of mm. glass is so much harder than you think it is. Mm. It's not like blowing a fucking bubble. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like a, it's insane. So, and and uh, so, what would you incorporate pretty... glass into the handle material, or how, how are you going to use that? That's what we're working out. I yeah. mean, she does very colorful stuff and very vibrant stuff, and there's like kind of like a you know connection between the way she does her handle, the way she blows glass, and the way I kind of make handles. So we're going to, we're working it out. We're working it out, but that's definitely something. I mean, it, it might be some, who knows what's going to happen, but glass blowing has always been one of those. It's similar to knife. It's similar to blacksmithing. Cause there is this kind of, you don't have time to think mm-hmm. you can't, you know, you have to be very organized in your actions and it's very performative and there's a similarity to it. Yeah. Have you ever seen some of the cage work that people do where they make metal cages or blacksmith? cages uh out of usually i mean just mild steel or whatever but then they blow glass within that cage and the way the glass deforms as it's blown through the cage um that bubble expands and all the different shapes within well, the cage well ac- actually my 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 college roommate miles uh is actually i helped him build a, uh his foundry in uh Phillipsburg uh Phillipsburg it's right on the Delaware River Phillipsburg PA and he he does that, and, oh, but he cool. doesn't do it. He does it with he does bronze casting. Oh wow! And then he'll he'll have negative space, and then he'll blow these giant glass orbs inside, and then right. he'll kind of puff out. And actually, Miles Van Ren on Instagram, he does some pretty cool stuff. It's he's uh, he's one of my you know he's my freshman year roommate, my senior year roommate, my studio mate in college, and just a super super talented but that, yeah that whole concept is it's neat because you you know glass isn't just like you blow the glass and that's it i mean you got to stick it in a kiln pretty quick otherwise yeah. it, mm. otherwise they're just bombs yeah my friend so. katie hancock she does she does the same kind of stuff it's super cool she does a lot of like geometric and diamond shaped kind of stuff yeah uh yeah she's velvet nugget people want to check her out i'm going to send you guys a link right now to one of her pieces all right super sweet. Cool. what about you craig um, Anything you want to try? Techniques or materials? Um, I mean, techniques. I I keep things pretty simple. Um, 
Yeah, there's there's not really a technique. I mean, it's a whole rabbit hole I could go into, you know, with with forging that kind of thing that I literally just wouldn't have the time for. Um, materials I've been using, you know, a lot of sort of plastic and hemp and brass, you know, over the last couple of years. Um, but I have got a load of wood. Which I haven't used wood in a long time, really. But I've got a lot of wood here from from our own sort of forest that I've been drying for the last sort of two years. So I'm looking forward to cracking into that and um, and using that. So it's not really you know a new material, um, but it's yeah, it's something that I haven't used for a long time. So yeah, using wood again, I think it's going to be quite interesting. Um, but yeah, technique-wise, uh, no, I I sort of know my lane, and I'll I'll happily stay in the lane, really. Yeah. Okay, who wants to take the next one? Well, whoa! Before you do, let me tell you something. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. Okay, what you could do is go to knifetalk.net forward slash heat. That will take you to Soul Ceramics. They are a, an official distributor of Even Heats. They've got some built, some ready to go. And if you order, you'll get $75 off and free shipping in the US. And that discount is automatically applied. So those, if you go to knifetalk.net forward slash heat, you'll automatically see those prices with the money off. It's a good deal. Okay, who's taking the next one? Uh, this next one is from Paul Jansen. He says, here's a thought for discussion. A lot of blue-collar physical labor jobs require steel-toed boots to protect uh, from dropping something heavy and jacking up your foot. I can't wear steel-toed boots on the farm because of the cattle uh, because the cattle weigh enough that if they step on the steel part, it can literally bend the steel and pinch your toe off. Oh, At what point, yeah, what point does the thing intended to help protect you become more of a hazard than a help oh good question that's the question yeah, yeah. but well i hadn't thought of I that yet steel-toed boots it's gonna be come to a point where they are more dangerous than they are than they aren't well, well yeah i mean <laughs> yeah i mean yeah, clearly <laughs> i mean if something's big, bigger than you think it's gonna be it falls yeah well fun. yeah i was just i'd never thought you know. of that i'd never thought of that you know um I don't know. Um, what's there to protect us that could be more of a hazard? Um, I suppose things like aprons and things like that, they, they protect you, but they're, they're hanging off you. And if you're using any sort of rotary tool that, you know, it's down at that sort of height, you could always grab hold of a, you know, of a... I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, I you mean, were, I hear you. I was saying. like, oh, you can get caught here up he in comes. machinery. Yeah, exactly. Here yeah. Comes Greg. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> aprons aprons well i mean you know there there are there are i mean I, we've talked about the right angle grinder community which we haven't given love in in quite a while but there are people who take the guards off their right angle grinders and i used to never take the guards off the right angle grinder until i felt like i couldn't see as well mm. with the guard on a right angle grinder and i think that there are a lot of people who do that there are a lot of people who disable on their chop saws. They disable the the uh, the the guide or the, the the cover so it doesn't shoot the sparks. Yeah. So you can't see as well. So maybe there's something to do that. I used to have to wear when I was at a metal shop. You had to wear steel-toed shoes. And I fucking hated it because I'm like, I was a shop guy. I wasn't like an outdoor guy. I wasn't the installer. And it was like, well, when am I going to drop an I beam on my foot in the shop? Mm. And so, like, even now, I used to never wear sneakers when I forged. 
and then or welded and then i wore a pair of sneakers in college so i'm like you know nike running shoes and then like it melt they melt on my feet and i swapped out <laughs> to i used to wear only pumas because they were suede and then the, everything would roll off of them and then I stopped wearing, I would wear leather boots and now I'm back to wearing sneakers because I don't really worry so much and I'd rather have my back feel good and I don't worry as much about, you know, the steel toe thing. But I mean, mm. I've dropped a wrench or two on my toe and I thought a steel toe might have helped, but, <laughs> yeah. you know. I think sometimes the, the sort of safety mechanisms built into things, you can almost rely on that and, and maybe sometimes, you know, take a bit more of a risk thinking, oh, it's fine, I'm using the safeties. Um, whereas if the safety wasn't there, you'd probably be more careful using it, you know? Um, simple thing is, like most drill presses, they come with some sort of guard that you can flip down and stop anything, you know, from spinning around and hitting you, and nobody fucking uses them. Um, you know, so sometimes I think just because a safety thing is there, you may be paying less attention, thinking I'm safe here, we're all good. But, uh, yeah. Have you ever left question. the... Have you ever left the key in a in a drill bit truck? Yes. And turns the fucker on <laughs> yes, and hits the pillar. Yeah. Whips. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fucking good one. It's uncomfortable right there. Yeah. Anything you got for that, Morocco? Not really. I mean, I've never been a steel toe boots guy, um, and I I think part of the, part of my concern was the idea of potentially something heavy landing in my foot. But these days, I'm not working around a lot of heavy equipment anymore so i i honestly i i wear sneakers in the shop mm. most days um and unless it's uh you know days that i'm where i'm going to be standing like the other day i was doing all the grinding on all those blades um i, I definitely wore leather boots those day that day because uh, it's wet and it's messy and last thing i need if i accidentally drop the knife is for it to go through the top of my sneaker and into my foot um but Outside of that, you know, I'm putting the sneakers back on. Um, Sometimes, uh, what was it? For a while, I was ki- keeping a pair of s- sneakers at the shop. Um, so I would wear my work boots to the shop. But then if I wasn't doing anything crazy, I would swap out. Um, I guess it would probably make more sense to keep the boots at the shop, though. <laughs> yeah. And wear the sneakers. And then if I need them, slot them on. But anyways. Whatever, whatever's easy. Whatever's clever. doesn't really matter. I do think, Jeff, they make... Uh, like steel-toed tennis shoes now, if you really think that you might want I've some. seen those before. They look terrible. It's like something Craig would wear. <laughs> the fashion state. Oh, I didn't realize your <laughs> shop was a... a m- well, I'm, I'm telling you, Reebok workwear. They're the best. <laughs> they're the best um, shoes for in the shop. They're not, they're not steel, steel um, capped, but they're... They're like a, a leather. They've got like super grips on them, so even grease and stuff on the floor, you're not going to... They're, they're awesome. They're, and they last Ugh. forever. They last forever. They're good. My only th- they last forever. Yeah. My only other thought to follow up is to just for people who are doing face shields or eye protection of some sort, make sure that it's made from a decent material because there's also there's a lot of cheap crap out there, and if something impacts that mm. face shield or that eye protection, it could shatter and go into your fucking eye. So <laughs> yeah, be yeah. Careful. I've used in the past where I I'm, my respirator has a shield on it. And sure. then I've gone on to, to a lathe to do something not knife-related, but on the lathe, and thinking, oh, I'm fine here. But then thinking about it, it's like, Jesus, that's not. That's just to stop air getting in. That's all this um, shield is, is there for. It's not for any sort of impact. Um, so, yeah, just making sure you're using the right tool for the right job, I suppose. Well, except I, I've, I was looking into those JSP, those power caps that you have. Yes, yeah. 
And they have a high impact shield. They they have a demonstration video on their website where they are shooting like I can't remember how what the weight is, but ball bearings at the face shield, and it it's really yeah, it's pretty wow. impressive. They feel cheap as hell. They they feel terrible, <laughs> and they 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 crack easily and that kind of thing. So I've gone through a few of the shields. Oh well, maybe there's a separate. couple different grades. You got maybe the cheap yeah ones, maybe. maybe yeah. yeah. Craig doesn't really worry about balls to the face. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, that's what they say. So they say. Okay. So they, that's, that's what's written what on the say. toilet wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that's the biggest problem that I don't think a lot, you know, a lot of knife makers, especially, and I'm, I'm assuming, who get into forge welding, they get a little MIG welder and then they order a helmet, like a, a mm, mask. Mm. And then they think to themselves, all right, just get a fucking mask. If there's an auto darkening setting on your on your mask, you better fucking learn which shade to go to because some of those shades are too light for different types of welding. TIG welding, especially TIG welding and MIG welding. Usually the shades are different. I don't know exactly what it is, but some of you guys are playing. So I, I would strongly suggest kind of understanding what ratings you need and probably go darker than you think you need. That's a big problem. That a lot of people don't realize that you know those they have a, like a like a it's almost like a solar panel, and that when the when the when the when you start welding it auto auto darkens yeah but it only auto darkens the shade that you're going to, so if you don't make it dark enough, you're gonna you're hurting your eyes. Mm. I'm gonna solicit some unsolicited advice. If anybody's got any knowledge about welding shields, send it our way. Maybe we could do some. Don't send it your way. Yeah, don't send it my way. Unsolicited advice. Some, it would be some oh, advice okay. for the show. Oh, okay. Oh, oh yes, yes. Content yes. creation. <laughs> there we go. We're like, we're backing off the DMs. Don't fucking DM me anything, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Get off my phone, Block. motherfucker. So, yeah, I mean, no, it's, it's a, that's the biggest issue. I, you know, the funny thing is, and actually I'm going to be down with uh, talking to Pat Quinn again. Uh, for next the next episode of uh, the Full Blast podcast. And there is a concern that because there's so many of these industrial machines and processes that are being used for home users or prosumers, as my friend Nico would refer to them, prosumers, there's a lot of stuff that is not translatable or missed. And part of that is, you know, welding is not... I've seen videos of people... When I see videos of people who are holding a piece of steel and they're just closing their eyes, that's some bullshit. That's some bullshit. And it goes right through your eyes. And I think welding is a huge issue that because everything is so much easier to get for the home use, mm. you're still not using safe. You're, no one's really being truly safe in regards to the use of that. So yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm a huge, huge... I see welding guys. I see guys no t-shirt. I'm guys welding in t-shirts. I fucking I click crisping up those nips. I mean, <laughs> you, I mean, whatever it takes. I, mean, I get mad. I, I tell you what, it, it's some bullshit. I'm telling you, it's some bullshit. No, you weren't welding in a t-shirt's bullshit. Welding with the wrong glasses, and then a the guy holding it, closing his eyes, is some bullshit. Yeah. So I did think of one more thing that's designed to help you, but sometimes can hurt you, mm-hmm. is if you're grinding blades. With gloves on, and you're getting your gloves wet, you're gonna burn yourself faster with those mm-hmm. wet, wet gloves on than without. Yeah. yeah, I would suggest do not grind with gloves on if you can. And also, and if you're using a a table rest, 
um, make sure that it's as tight as, as you possibly can get to that belt. Because if you've got a little gap on it and that something slides down, your finger can quite easily go down before you know it. You've got a, a sharpened nub. Um, so, yeah, to have no Good. gaps between any sort of work table and so on, yeah. Keep that nub dull, guys. Exactly. And listen, the last thing is, you motherfuckers for hand forging with gloves on with your hammer hand, I'm giving you the, you're out. Get your goddamn gloves off when you're forging. He gave you the you tisk pair finger. of tongs. He's tisking you. Pairing, if you bring a pair of tongs, you get a pair of tongs and you're going some big and you, you don't want to get, you know, you're going on a power hammer. That's one thing. I see you wearing fucking gloves while you're forging by hand. By hand, you get the gas face. Okay? <laughs> gas face. Is that the face when you see the price of gas, or is it what's the? Yeah, yeah. What the fuck? Jesus yeah. Christ! Well, I'm going to circle back to um, one of Morocco's wishes earlier for making um, stainless Damascus. Um, there's no need, Morocco. Dharma Steel have got you covered. DharmaSteel.se. They make beautiful, beautiful stainless steel Damascus um, in some awesome, awesome shapes, and you know. Uh, patterns rather uh go take a look at their website they've always got new patterns coming out um they are dharma steel lab on instagram too go take a look beautiful beautiful stuff people are making with dharma steel um and if you sign up for an account there with and use knife talk as a promo code you'll get 10 percent off your order which can be a huge huge saving so go take a look dharma steel.se premium premium stuff now i have Good listener feedback, but we also have to, have to, have to get to at least one of the tough scenarios, which might be one of our best tough scenarios. Oh, ever. okay. Let's tease that shit. Yes. Okay, let's do some feedback, and then, yeah, we'll we'll work our way okay. up to the... Uh... If you want, ladies and germs, follow us on Instagram. That's the best way to interact with the show. You can DM us at Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. And tough scenarios, questions, feedback, all the, all the other things. This one comes from uh, Maritime Knife Supply. This is customer feedback. This is listener feedback. Mm. Listener feedback. Canadians can read, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence is the man. Last week, last week, Craig said he was surprised that Canadians can read, and then you know Canadians piped up. So good, good. God bless you. But by the that way, good, Lawrence good is the man. You are quite correct. Um, and Lawrence is the guy behind behind Maritime Knife Supply. Um, so if you're a Canadian or even if you are American, um, you can head over to MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. They stock everything. It's the one-stop one stop shop for knife makers. Steel, belts, handle materials, tools, forges, kilns, and more. Um, Books? Kydex. They've got it all. They've got it all. Um, they have special offers on their belts as well. So if you order like 10 packs of belts, you get money off and all that kind of stuff. Just go take a look at the stuff they've got. Good, good stuff. MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Um, and you'll be supporting a listener of the show too. He also said, told me he's got mold polishing stones. Ah. So the, we were talking about mold yes. polishing stones last week. He has those. I don't think they're called mold polishing stones on his website, but the sharpening stone or hand sanding stones, or you, you get you get. They're you on the just side. Take a look. Okay. MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Okay, cool. Trish, Trish, Trish Jacobs says, listening to the to Hard Butter and Soft Knives episode right now and regarding heat treating butter knives. Mm. We're still on with the heat treating the butter knives there, Craig. Yeah. Um, clearly you don't need the hardness for cutting through butter, whether hard or soft, but the only thing that comes to mind right off is if the, if you bend the blade at the 
during the use, won't it have potential to stay bent if it were not heat treated to some degree? Besides that, when dipshit uses a flathead screwdriver as a or when the, <laughs> besides that, when the dipshit uses it as a flathead screwdriver pry bar, it would hold up better if it was hardened a bit. By the way, the first half of that is sincere curiosity, not me trying to sound like I know a damn thing. <laughs> what Morocco so. did sort of um, talk about that last week with regards to the sort of springiness. Um, and sort of the memory of the steel, um, if it were to be heat treated. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think, you know, for the purpose of what you're using it, of, you know, of the, well, the use of a butter knife, yeah, it certainly doesn't need to be hardened, but um, you never know how people are going to use the things that we give them. You know, that's, that's a big Yeah, problem. look, yeah. people do what they do. Yeah. You know, it's just like, you know, pulling shit out of their ears with a knife. Who knows? When, what you, doing. when you were reading that question or that comment or feedback, sorry. It made me. I started picturing a tactical butter knife with like a wrench and pry bar and all this stupid shit on it. But yeah. I actually, kind of like the idea of make something super absurd like that being made. Yeah, I would believe that there are camping companies that are making that shit. Camping butter knives. Already, <laughs> you can't like, go camping well, without a butter knife. Yeah, I mean because they have like sporks and stuff. Yeah, you know, gato forks. and they have all that. You know, yeah. probably like a butter. You have to. What would you have on your tactical butter knife for your camping toothbrush? Yeah. <laughs> a toothpick that comes out. Bottle opener, obviously. Everything needs a bottle yeah. opener these yeah, days. Bottle opener. Yeah. Flathead screwdriver. Maybe some mm. serrations down at the handle to blade transition. A whistle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A whistle. <laughs> a whistle. Yeah, fucking whistle. <laughs> you and your fucking whistle. And it doubles as a reflector. You can reflect up if you got a plane flying over. You need help. Yeah, yeah. Which, hey, funnily enough, here. funnily enough, I've been watching um, Alive this week. You know that that show with no Alone. Sorry. Oh yeah, fucking Alone. Um, and I'm loving it. I'm loving it. It's, it's, <laughs> these people are proper killing themselves. It's crazy. And there's fucking bears everywhere. Um, but they've got this thing where they can pick ten items to take with them. And um, this one guy made made a knife out of um, some steel, uh, like an old rusty nail that got washed up on the shore on a bit of wood. Um, and he made the, the, the shittiest knife you've ever seen. He, he, he was very proud of it. It was, it was quite funny. Yeah. It's good. I, I saw. I've watched those episodes, uh, that series or that season. Mm. That's good. It was, it was good until the very end. It had a really bad ending because um, every like few weeks they they send like a, a, a medical <laughs> it was team. Super in. anticlimactic. Yeah, they send they send <laughs> a medical team to make sure you know everybody's okay to continue. So there's three people left. And um, the medical team got rid of two of them. So the winner was just a winner just because he was, you know, because the others got pulled. So it was a bit of a, uh, a, bit of a shame. But, um, yeah, I love, yeah, it was good. It was a good watch. So what's the difference between that show and uh, all the other survival shows? Because you guys talk about it enough that I'm like, now my interest is... People. It's good. I, I mean, I, I, I don't... I haven't seen many of this. Well... But saying that, when this finished, Netflix then said, "Oh, you may like this," and it, and it was Survivor, and I've never seen Survivor either. So really? Watched that, but that was the shittest thing ever. The shit. They were like what? They, Survivor. Survivor. They were pitting these two teams against each other. It was the, the Davids and the Goliaths, and these Davids. They were just putting down, saying, "Oh, look, they've all got shit jobs. They've all got no money. Look, they're all ugly." And these are the <laughs> these other people are far super. And it was, it was terrible to watch. Oh, wow. Terrible. Survi- Survivor is one of the longest running shows. Yeah, I mean, this was still- like. Season forty odd or something, yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's been so. like yeah, they've done like thirty. It's been like on for thirty years. It was wow. on when I started when I was in high school. Wow, it was a, it was 
absolute yeah, junk. that's right. We watch 20 yeah. minutes and we're just like, this is shit. Um, but Alone is the real deal. You know, they leave these people and, yeah, they, you know, they're, they're literally starving to death and there's there's bears coming into their camp and stuff. It, yeah, it was good. I really enjoyed it. I did watch the Naked and Afraid with Joe I uh, thought Maynard. you would, yes. Joe, well, I tell you what, they, they when they say put naked in the front, you're like, all right, here come the titties. But I swear to God, it's like everybody is fucking haggard by the time. <laughs> it's the most like it is the most non-sexy thing of all time. And yeah. I watch because I had Joe Maynard on, and and I watched his episode, and I'm thinking to myself, all right, well, we're gonna see some nudity. And here's old Joe Maynard with his hair's all fucked up, and he's all, to- you know, burned to a crisp out there, and they're covered in bug. Everyone's yeah. the woman and the man are covered in bug bites, and their just lips are chapped, and they look like, they look like shit. Yeah, to be honest <laughs> with you, they look like total shit, and it's just like so funny because you know that it's just like, all right, they're miserable. Give them a pair of pants or something. I mean, yeah, something. <laughs> so it's is like, it the same principle as Alone, where they're just? I don't know. Laughing. I watched one episode, and they have to go do this like. They got to go from you know they have a plan they have to they have the two people are met for the meet for the first time they're buck naked and they have to go from like these different spots they have like a mission and they don't have any food and they got to eat all this bullshit and they sleep under leaves and stuff it's but they're together oh, they're not they're terrible. not doing it on their own they 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 stay as a team kind of thing is it yeah they okay. they're yeah okay. yeah but it's like you know. God bless them. I, I just don't know what. I, it's just like I don't want to see people being tortured. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I quite enjoy. Joe it. said he was like had a, like a kidney stone in the middle of it. And they had to vac him out. He was fucked up. Oh, somebody uh, shitting one of them out naked on TV. <laughs> Jesus, no! Oh, <laughs> you know, shitting a kidney stone out. <laughs> I don't think they refer to it as <laughs> shitting out a kidney stone. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it is that remo- any type of removal from your body is shitting out shitting out yeah but it's not what happens with a kidney stone but it's through your dick it's oh, not through your geez. asshole oh. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think a kid, your kidney goes your kidney goes you think your kidney goes to your asshole <laughs> Ah, I haven't given it much thought. <laughs> when you have a kidney stone, it goes through your dick hole. I know when people say or your hole, pass the whatever stone. your hole. So when they were saying pass, I assumed. <laughs> but now thinking of it, obviously, yeah, it's not. Yeah, oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> I can't believe you don't know anatomy at all. <laughs> Seriously, that's like day one shit. At your age, you should know all about kidney stones. <laughs> Oh, man. Anyway, where were we? We were talking about Alone, and we talked about, yeah, Survivor and all the rest of it. (laughs) Well, we have have listener feedback. But you know what? Let's go to tough scenarios. uh, Yeah, let's go to tough scenarios. Okay, let's do it. Okay. This is a good one. This is a really good one. This is anonymous. I have a legal question for you. Mm. Ten months ago, I designed a cigar knife. As far as I know... Another company, and I, I just blanked out. I blanked out the names. Fine. Another company is the only one doing this knife, yeah. and this type of knife. It's a friction folder with a finger groove for cutting cigars. Does that make sense? Yep. yep. So, like, where your first finger goes, it's, like, extra rounded. You close the, you close the knife onto it, and it's a cigar cutter. Yep. I sketched up a design with the goal of being different. Although form and function does dictate the design to some degree... Today, I received a letter from their legal department to stop and to remove all pictures off of Instagram. 
If they don't, they will attempt to get me taken off. As there was only so many ways to make a knife that has a specific purpose, I focused on the design aesthetics, blade design, and steel type. I've even admitted that I was inspired by this company. I even looked at the patent, which is for an older knife that they didn't even make anymore. Any help would be appreciated. Does this make sense? Yeah, I think so. Um, I... I can imagine this is just an empty threat. I can't imagine them actually being able to they can, do they can, much. I mean, but, go ahead. But, I mean, do you want to get yourself involved in that? If you know, if this is a knife that you sell, you know, you're making your, you know, all of your money from, and this is a big seller for you, um, maybe you need to say, say, well, no, you know, and explain the differences. Um, but if it's something that maybe you're just starting off with, or you're just doing one or two of them, I think, yeah, for the hassle. Maybe take it down, but there's, you know, it's, I'd imagine it's an empty threat. I mean, yeah. I'm going to give a little bit of extra insight after looking at both the, the websites. Okay. The webs, the, the company here. he's talking to, the company he's talking about is not in the United States. So you can't, I mean, you ain't going to get, you ain't going to, I mean, the fact, you know, I, I would hardly believe that a, you, you could be sued from across the country, but that's not really the issue. The issue is, is he, they're going to basically report his site, you know, report him. That's what, like, when guys from wherever are stealing your images, you can report them and have them blocked Mm. as as impersonating you, whether or not there's no, like, arbiter with Instagram, right? Yeah. So, like, they could just say, this person's impersonating me. You could, you could literally do that to anybody, you know, because there's not, I don't think that there's, like, a jury that make that decision. You could appeal it. So the, I think the idea is that they're basically saying, we're going to report you. We're going to report you as stealing our identity or something like that. That's my opinion of what Sh- he's trying to get Surely at. Instagram are only concerned in the image, not of the um, the subject of the image. Um, so, yeah, if, if if the image is the same, Instagram can get involved. If it's... If, do you know what I mean? I mean the copyright, yeah. the actual image okay. itself. So if, if he's not using their images, which I assume he's not, he's using images of his own knife. But if it's impersonating, like you could, I mean, <sighs> imper- you can do impersonation. I mean, it's that's one of the things. He's impersonating someone. You know, when you're reporting someone, you report them for doing something or, hmm. or pretending to be somebody or impersonating. I mean, you could probably, like, spam Instagram with that shit. Yeah. I uh, Personally, I think it's an empty threat. There's not much in it that they could do. Um, but, you know, you've got to take that risk yourself. There's, there's nothing more I could say there. What do you think, Brecco? I mean, so I happened to be on Instagram when you were talking to this person. And I saw their knives, and I also saw the knives of this company. And I could see how the first knife he did, because I went back through his feed to see what his first knife looked like. I could see how that was inspired by something that they had done. And the limitations of design and stuff uh especially as he said as form and func or function and and forms the form and a a, a, you know a a friction folder that cuts a cigar like there's very limited styles that you can do and unfortunately the looking at his most recent stuff compared to that company now they look very similar maybe the tip of the blade's a little bit different maybe he does a little bit of detail like filing along the spine on the on the tail of the friction folder but the design is almost exactly the same 
to me in my eyes and looking through their stuff and looking at his stuff and I'm not trying to be a dick, but they have a patent for a, a friction folding knife. That is a cigar cutter that just uh, was awarded to them in 2019. And the reason companies get these design patents is so that they have exclusivity on a specific design for a certain period of time. And usually it's about 20 years. And then after that, it's open to everybody. But in that time, they own that design. And so any company who has a design, they have, they have to do what they need to do to protect that because mm. that's an investment for them in their R&D and development and all the work and all the inventory they own. I mean, this company does not look small. And so they probably have tons of money in inventory. And they also probably have a lot more money to try to litigate if, if they, for whatever reason, decided they wanted to pursue more intensive legal action. But I think maybe don't, I, I would, des- I, I would advise stop posting some stuff, maybe still make the knives for all I care, but I would hate to get kicked off Instagram because somebody was like, you're making shit that looks exactly like ours with these very slight differences in the shape of the blade or like small details. But the overall design function, which they have a design patent for is almost exact is basically exactly the same. And so I, I would back off if I was, if I was that guy, because like you were saying at a certain point, do you want to become that guy Who's like, oh, I can make that same thing for less. You just mm-hmm. come buy it from me kind of situation, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody wants to be that. And it, the guy looks like he's making plenty of other interesting knives. Like, well, well, is he going to die on this sword? Or or is he going to move on? Or, yeah, I don't know. And for all I know, it is an empty threat. But like, like this company that he's concerned about, th- this style is all they do. Oh, okay. okay. Basically, I think basically all they do, they they have a lot of variations of it, and and they've been doing it for a long. They originally applied for the patent in 2015, so they've been doing it for a very long time. Like he said, he's only been making this knife for about six months or so, or eight months or whatever. And so, yeah, I don't think just, that's yeah. Nothing. Maybe just back off the whole posting about them because yeah, how much value are they really bringing you when they could bring a lot of stress into your life maybe yeah okay i appreciate exactly what, everything you said Marco. and the other thing is about when somebody has a legal department they're they they gave you the shot across the bow they gave you the opportunity some of these guys are like i mean when you have lawyers on staff they're not really there to treat you with kid gloves hmm. they're there to fucking cut you at the off of the ankles yeah. And the only other person who had a great opportunity from a cease and desist was our friend Jared Thatcher, who we, t- Mareko and I interviewed okay. years ago. His Blue Hill Blades was originally Queen City Knives or something like that, yeah. and there was already a Queen City Knives. And they gave him a cease and desist, and when he said to him, like, look, I'm just a little guy in the fucking garage, they actually started laughing, and they helped him rebrand his whole business. Now, I'm not saying that that's what they're going to do for you, <laughs> my man, but it was like... You know, that's, it's true. They're protecting your thing. And the other thing is, is like, I think that this is a great opportunity for you to redesign it. I, I don't necessarily believe there's only one way you can do things. I think having these kinds of kind of stumbling blocks allows you to kind of 
backfill and figure out a different way to, to, to design it. And the other thing is, is let's just be honest, friction folder knives that cut cigars just mush the cigar ends. <laughs> it's not like a scissors, you know. You know what I'm talking about? Like those guillotines are fucking, they're good. But the friction folder are going to mush the end of your cigar. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Maybe I I saw one of his Kydex sheaths that he had for one of his fixed blade style knives that he made. I thought it it had a similar finger groove, but you just pop a cigar shaped hole in the in the Kydex sheath and you slide that knife in. You you got yourself a that's it. Ah, perfect a cigar cutter. That's right a good there. move. That's a that's a that's a better cigar cutter. The wiener chopper. Yeah, the wiener chopper. Ch- just put your dick in this real quick. Have mercy. <laughs> I call the circumciser. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ! Uh, ah, my mercy. Jewish range of knives. How come? Uh, how come? Why is it that we're having this interesting conversation and it goes right to dicks? <laughs> I mean, like, you no, know, without without two, we're talking about stumbling blocks and legal affairs, and then right into get your dick in there, baby. <laughs> I mean. But it's interesting because, you know, that's the thing. It's like, you know, we we deal with des- – I think that design is – I think an inspiration is great. But the inspiration should come from you're inspired to work and do something different, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I think that that's – I think that that's something – like I hear perfect examples. I'm going to teach this friction folder class. I had a, a friction – my dad gave me a tiny little friction folder when I was a kid. And I'd seen them, you know, when I was a child. And then when I started to see custom knife makers, I really like what Nick Rossi was doing and this Nobuya guy in Japan is a really great knife maker. He makes uh, those style friction folders and Charlie Lionheart. I really felt the need to kind of depart from what they're doing and make something that was different 
from what other knife makers are doing and have reasoning. Like every part has this very specific reason why I do it. And it's, I feel like, you know, when I talk about it and when I explain it and I've created something that's my version of this thing. And I think that that's the move. Mm. You know, I think it's important to be, when you're inspired, it's inspired to come up with something new, not inspired as in like mirroring something. Yeah. Good call. Good call. Look, we're going to do another question, this time by Knives by Nuge. And this is a bit of a technical question. But before we do that, I want to tell everybody about TexasFarriersupply.com. They sell everything for the, obviously, the farrier or the knife maker. Um, but what they do stock, which is very important, is Rhinoet by Indasa. It's the stuff that I use, the stuff that Jeff used, the stuff that Morocco used. I know most of you listening will use it. For any hand sanded, it's the stuff you need to be using, Rhino Wet. It's going to save you time. It's going to save you money. And we can save you money by going to TexasFarriersupply.com using Knife Talk 10 at checkout. You'll get 10% off. So just have a look, TexasFarriersupply.com. Look at the lovely stuff they've got. Fill up your basket and get that discount. And on November 5th, Texas Ferry Supply and JDCK is having a hammer in. Uh, go follow Texas Ferry Supply underscore Knifeworks, and they have a th- their third annual hammer in November fifth, nine a.m. to five p.m. There we go. Remember, and remember. just while well, another another thing is the Twin City Knife Show is coming up. Uh, Twin City Knife Show is from in Minnesota. Uh, it's going to be in Bloomington, Minnesota from September 30th until October 2nd. Uh, it's put on by the Midwest Knife Makers Guild, which is a nonprofit event. The show is open to knife makers and exhibitors. People selling knives uh, have to be the makers. There are 58 uh, custom makers, and the uh, tables are sold out. But if you go to TwinCityKnifeShow.com, you can get information. There's going to be a lot of knife makers, and people will be able to see this cool show in uh, in uh, Minnesota. So Twin City Knife Show, uh, September 30th through October 2nd. Cool, cool. Right, I've got to make a phone call. Jeff, stand by. Hello, this is Jeff Fader. How are you? Jeff, Jeff, big fan of your podcast. Um, of course. Who wouldn't be? Well, exactly. Look, I'm looking to start a podcast. Oh, um, Jesus. I promise it's not going to be another flea bag knife making podcast. You're full of shit. My friend is starting an outdoor skills training course and he wants yeah. me, me, Knives by Nuge, to start a podcast with him. We need some advice. What have you got? Don't do it. You're going to be a fucking <laughs> flea bag. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you some advice because flea bags are a fucking, are aware. And it's and this is the mindset. I've been listening to this podcast for a long time. If they can do it, I can do it. And then they'll do an episode. And then it's like a production. And then they're getting better. And by the time they get better, they stop. And then I'm going to take a week off. And then I'm going to take a week off. And then I'm going to... And then I'm going to... You do it or you don't do it. Yeah. I think everybody starts with good intentions. Um, but it's it's a lot more work than it seems, believe it or not. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean... Advice for starting a new podcast. I mean, technically, I can I can give lots of technical advice. Um, we don't know whether this guy you're doing it with, whether he's going to be remote or whether you're going to be physically sitting next to him. I don't know. Um, but use so, there's lots of software out there, which is paid software, but it's worth paying for because the last thing you want to be doing is doing fucking editing and and all that kind of stuff. You just want to you just want to get a good chemistry, get the audio good. 
and get software to sort everything out for you. You know, um, we've just changed from we were using something called Squadcast, um, which allows us to we're, we're all in different parts of the world. So it'll sync up all the audio for us. So we'll record each other's audio completely separate to separate tracks. It'll sync them all up, which is really important. And um, but it was shit. We didn't use it. <laughs> Squadcast. We've stopped using it. We now use something called Cast, which is TriCast. A lot cheaper, does exactly the same thing and a much simpler interface. So use that. Um, you need somewhere to host them, um, so uh, we use Red Circle, uh, but there's a bunch of podcast hosts. Some are free, some are paid for. You get what you paid for, basically. You get what you paid for, basically. Um, so yeah, it's think about the t- the technicalities of it. We all use the same mics, um, so we try to you know balance the sound as much as possible, so as if we are in the same room, even though we're not. Um, yeah, and just give everything a bit of thought. You know, make sure the room is quiet. Make sure you're not in a big echoey room. Just give it a little bit of thought. That's all it takes. We have good chemistry, and it's taken a long time. Mm. We, I mean, I'm not saying it took us a long time to get here, but it's consistency, and we have a great conversations. We enjoy talking to each other. We enjoy, we enjoy each other's presence. It, it's a good sh- the, knife talk. Is when I say it's the best knife making podcast on this German infested planet. I'm fucking by miles, ladies and gentlemen, by fucking miles. And to the, to the point where I was talking to my friend Nikki at Shop Sounds. He is a woodworker. He has Shop Sounds, a great podcast with our friend uh, Keith Johnson and, and Bourbon Moth. He listens. He's like, I'm not a knife maker, and I listen to Knife Talk. Mm. Key, key, Nick, he's the, the man. Thanks, uh, Shop Sounds, are, they're a monster. It's a monster podcast. They're a monster podcast. I will say this. A lot of you fucking flea bags out there interrupt each other all the time, and you don't let each other speak. There has to be a – you have to be able to uh, throw the ball. You have to put, give the ball to someone. You have to constantly – it isn't about you. It is about the episode. Mm. So there you go. Yeah. Don't be a flea bag. Can I have, offer something? Please. I, I think – and I, I want to thank our audience because I think, honestly, without our audience, we'd just be talking to each other in an echo chamber. And so I think – Figuring out how to engage the audience and helping them become part of the conversation has been a really big key also to our success, along with everything else that we've been doing. Mm -hmm. And thank you all. Thank you all. But we are good. Admit it. I mean, you you motherfuckers, you motherfuckers don't realize. You listen to some of these flea bags who are, have been, have been, I'm not going to say ripping, but have been inspired by us. <laughs> they fucking suck, dudes. I mean, let's just face it. And the other thing is, is I am a fan. I grew up listening to talk radio. I listened to sports radio last night, and I'm listening to this guy talk about the Yankees and how much. Th- and it's theatrical. You have to be interesting. Just because you think you're interesting doesn't mean you're interesting. Trust me. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of people who have very self-satisfied with the things that they have to say and they suck at this. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And yeah, I couldn't agree with Morocco more that when we <laughs> doesn't start agree with me at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, when we started having these bits, you know, which was basically, you know, listener feedback and questions from from listeners, that's when things changed because yeah, but now it's become more of a community. Um, it's given us time, you know, the three of us to sort of get to know each other more and you know, there's a certain sort of cadence now. We we know 
I think the three of us, we know who's going to answer which question first without having to speak about it. Um, we sort of know when we're coming to an end of a sentence because we've heard each other's voice so much. We've done hundreds and hundreds of hours now. Um, so, you know, things will get better with time when you start. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just going in with a purpose as well because you hear so many podcasts where they just start rambling and it goes off on some sort of tangent and you're just like, well, what the fuck are they on about now? Where's 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 that gone? Um, so as much as it sounds as if we're rambling, we do have a rough structure to these shows. Um, and to be honest with you, quite often the shows are better when we lose that structure, but we've always got something we can come back to when you know when we have these little troughs of you know what we're going to talk about next. We've always got something there we can come back to is quite key off-roading is good mm. i every time we do a little off-roading we always know to circle back even if i tell a little story i think all right i gotta make sure i can kind of weave this motherfucker back in bring this boat back into the dock because mm. it's like you you can't just keep going on and on and on and you have to throw the ball you have to throw the ball you have to make it about the whole show as opposed to you spotlighting yourself on the show. And sometimes that's what happens. They just go on and on and on and on. And look, uh, your episode, your part was good. You're, you want the whole thing to be good. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd say something else as well, actually, regarding the three of us. Not that we're playing characters, but the three of us have, we are quite distinctively different. We're not three guys doing exactly the same stuff. Um, you know, it, it, Hopefully, when people listen to the show, they, they know where the three of us are coming from. Slightly different angles, um, which helps massively. But um, good luck. Good luck with good luck with the show. Um, yeah, if you need any technical advice, um, don't drop me a DM. Yeah, me neither. Jesus. <laughs> and P.S., I am partially playing, partially playing a character. I'm not normally this insane. Uh, it it it's true. I've, I'm actually I've quite boring. Find kinda... It depends what time of day that we do things because we change occasionally the, the the time of day, what day of the week, and so on. And yeah, you you can be up and down, Jeff. I'll be honest with you. Well, I I mean I'm I'm a you're right. I'm with you. I'm with you. Like this morning, I'm a little bit. I'm pissed off at that goddamn woman at the hardware store. It got me all fired up. <laughs> Okay, shall we go back to a couple more questions? But before we do, uh, Morocco, can you tell us all about the grinder, your favorite grinder that you love to use? My Broadback grinder is a killer grinder. I love the machine. It's so many different machines in one, honestly. Uh, they've done a great job designing these, uh, this grinder. It's built and designed by knife makers, for knife makers. Uh, you know, it's it's super flexible, too, in what it can do, as well as being across a uh, platform so you know say you have another grinder in the shop already you can get an, a broadback chassis and you can use especially if the other grinder takes inch and a half uh tool arms you can use the tool arms back and forth cross platform um or you can take their bring their tool arms into the chassis you already have there, there's they've done a really great job um designing these things um if you go to broadback ironworks.com uh, and at checkout uh, if you put a knife talk 200 uh, you can save two two hundred dollars off any of the max premium and mega packages 
And then if you also put in uh, Knife Talk 100 at checkout, uh, you can save $100 on either the sharpening system, the surface grinder, or their leather sewing machines. Uh, and they're offering now fully assembled Max Premium and Mega packages, as well as their normal kind of like build uh, p- assemble yourself packages. But if they're they're offering the pre-assembled for the Max Premium and Mega packages uh, as an option. So go check them out, BroadbeckIronworks.com. Um, take care of you. Cool. Cool. Wild Knives of Alaska um, has asked, I've got a question of which uh, which is a better method of doing a maker's mark. Right now, I have a guy that laser etches it for me, but I'd like to do it in-house uh, to save a lot of extra time in waiting for the etching to be done, since he's a busy guy. Would a small laser be worth it, or getting an electro-etching machine be better if it's just for one mark? Hmm. hmm. Maker's Mark. How are you guys doing your maker's marks at the moment? I have an electro etcher myself. I have mm. the super basic model, um, and it works great. Um, mm. But I honestly, I do wish I had uh, a laser because sometimes, based on the size of the knife, it'd be able, being able to size up and size down my maker's right. mark. Or sometimes, if I'm doing, like I have plans for doing special collaboration pieces coming up, like being able to add other graphic design, like or or I guess subtitles i guess to the knife next to the signature um it would be nice to be able to do that on a whim um but Mm. those fiber lasers are not inexpensive and uh so that's probably something a bit further down the road but um the 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 electro marker works great for me personally yeah yeah i mean what i love about the the fiber laser that i use is i don't get that moment of because i generally put the the maker's market at the end I don't get that moment of dread every time. When I, when I had an electro etcher before, it was always a case of, oh, please, please, please be good. Please be good. You know, there was always... But sure. you, you know with a laser, once it's set up, you know every time it's just, you know, it's, it's laser sharp. It's perfect every time. Um, so, that, you know, that is that is a huge advantage. And obviously, as you say, being able to, uh, you know, change things, amend things, resize, and, you know, use fancy patterns, that kind of thing is quite nice. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you, if you electro etch well there's no difference to the final product um it'll still look as if it's been you know lasered you know it'll, it'll look fantastic um jeff are you, what are you doing electro etching i used to ha- i used to stamp cold yes. stamp and that was a drag mm. and then i got the electro etch and the only problem with it is if i have to get some i have to just getting getting uh the stencils made or if i have to get new stencils made which isn't a big deal Mm. it would be i saw when i was in barcelona and um tomer was using his watching that laser go Mm. i mean it's just like so slick he's he was he was you can you could make some fucking waves with that thing and uh it was really cool and you were able to he was able to make changes on the fly and stuff like that and what mareko said is perfect to be able to change your sizing is enormous and especially if like maybe we did the when i did a a collaboration we would number them and i'd have to get like you know 50 to 100 you know stencils for Mm. the letter for the numbers and then getting the numbers right and going after the other and marking out because it's on one sheet and stuff like that and how you do it and what's the best way and i've always i'm always afraid i'm going to go over this stencil and i'm gonna have to clean something up so the stencil's good if you get it down. Um, definitely worth it. They're inexpensive. I just saw somebody did some sort of video where he did the electro etch with a nine volt battery. 
I don't know if you hmm. saw that one, Dreco. He huh. had like two, he had a wire with some alligator clips. And then he put the positive onto, I don't know which, he put alligator clip to a Q-tip with, uh, with some, with, uh, you know, a, uh, electrolytes or whatever he was using. I think he was using he like salt feel, water. This is, this is technical talk, guys. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to explain what, what a guy he was using, did. but a battery is a, I don't know. If it was a battery and some wire <laughs> and a fucking Q-tip. I think he was trying to get rid of his, uh, you know, his, uh, forget it. Never mind. Yeah. I was trying to get, I was trying to get a uh, kidney stone out, but I couldn't, figure, I couldn't get it out fast enough. <laughs> that's um, the problem with kidney stones. That's apparently so, right out the ass. Uh, <laughs> but um, if you, yeah, if you are electro etching and um, you do want that convenience of being able to change things up and all that kind of thing, you can get one of those little printers, those little brother printers, you know, the label printers. Um, you can get um, special tape, which you can put in, which you can electro etch with. Um, I can't for the life of me think what it's called. But you did I, that video. I did. Yeah, yeah, and that was that was like the earlier printer. So that was like I think that was like seventy two DPI. So um, basically, that's you know dots per inch. So if you end up like printing, you'd know. But um, the, the one they do now, a newer one, just three hundred DPI. Um, wow. So the resolution would be so so much better, and I'm sure would be just as good as a laser now, because the seventy two DPI was was good enough. It was usable. But I can imagine that 300 DPI version being fantastic. So maybe worth looking at that as well. If if you know if you don't want to invest in the laser, these machines are relatively inexpensive. These printers, um, and yeah, you just print off what you want, and then you use that as your uh, template. I seem to remember you being miserable with that video. <laughs> well, since the video, yeah, yeah. If you have a look at the comments on the video, it's just a million people asking me the same question: um, What tape is it used, and where'd you get that tape? And it's just like I was getting emails every day, every time somebody commented, and it was just like fucking hell. The answer's right there. Again, people don't read, so yeah, I think I may have even taken the video down now. I think you did. I remember yeah. you being like, "Yeah, video." S T E double one. S T E double one is the is the brother code. So Brothers, the, the manufacturer of the printer, STE001 is the, the stencil material. And it's, it's like a roll of tape that you put in, and then you use your computer, you design what you want, and it'll spit out this bit of tape as your stencil. Hmm. And it, yeah, So yeah, the, it worked well before. As, as I say, it's just a low resolution, 72 DPI, but now it's 300, so I'd imagine it would, look, it would work fantastic. I will say, uh, locally here, we have a maker's space, uh, which mm. is a place where people can have access to woodworking equipment, welding, and um, you know, 3D printers, and CAD, and, and 3D design, and uh, what is it, like a CNC lathe, all kinds of shit, um, all in one place. And basically, it's like a gym membership in a mm, way yeah. where you take a class, you learn how to use a thing, and then after that... You can you never go again. No, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, just like a gym membership. <laughs> just like no, and then you uh, and then you sign up for uh, open shop hours. So you sign up for a slot. You come in. You use the thing. So they at this makerspace they have a laser um, engraver, or laser printer, uh, or not printer, whatever, laser engraver, laser machine. Mm. And so if I wanted to do something, then I guess I could go there and do that. And that is a lot more affordable than you know, dropping a couple thousand dollars on a fiber yeah. laser. Um, and you're also yeah. supporting your local maker community. You're connecting with people in your local com- maker community if you want to. Some people don't. Um, mm. But 
And yeah. another thing to consider with that as well, I mean, as much as it takes, you know, a, a tenth of a second to actually do the laser work, um, it's a big learning curve with sure. regards to the setup and that kind of thing. Right. So if it's it's not something that you'd be interested in, you know, maybe, you know, you can get great results with electro etching. But um, if it's, a, if you know, if you like a tinkerer and you like tinkering with things, yeah, find somewhere where you could use one. Um, but there is a learning curve to it as well. Um, like we talked about CNC in the past, you know, it looks cool and all the rest of it, but it's it's not as simple as just pressing a button. Right. It does require a bit of uh, a bit of thought. I remember talking to Jonathan Porter a couple of years ago, and he was having everything laser engraved, like the his logo and everything laser engraved. Mm. And he would take it to a place, and it was such a production. And they were like, there would be something would be waiting or long, and, and he would. I said, just get yourself one of them. You know, and machines are like they're hardly anything. You know, and and he did, and he was like, I don't know why I didn't do this before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, look down the uh, the line there. Any questions that you really want to answer? Uh, no. Okay, that's a wrap. Thank you. For <laughs> Um, I've got one here. Lawrence Britton has asked, um, I know um, you have a few people working for you, Jeff, at Fader Knives. Uh, so, Morocco and Craig, is there a reason you don't have anybody working for you? Mm, good question. Morocco, have you thought about employing anybody and getting extra hands in the, in the workshop? Yeah, I mean, I come from working for somebody else when I first got mm. into knife making. And so when I started picking up steam and... and kind of popularity or people more people interested in my work i was like oh my god i might get to a place where i need to hire somebody and i've been thinking about you know how i would train somebody on various aspects of the knife making process uh, or my knife making process for years but i'm still struggling to manage myself i can't even fucking start to imagine managing (laughs) another person and i think Mm -hmm. a big my uh, my biggest downfall currently is probably still just like my uh my organization which i really admire about jeff and what he's got going on over there is that he's he's organized and he's disciplined and i'm working on that shit because i struggle with it in a big way yeah i think a similar thing for me actually um yeah and and my my sort of work life can be so erratic as well um because my my wife works from home as well as well as as well as me um so quite often we just need to drop everything because one of us will then look after you know be, be looking after the kids while my wife's on a you know a three hour zoom call or whatever it may be and and you know the same the other way I could be doing a heat treat and my wife's like oh geez I've got to try and make a call so everything's so erratic having somebody else in the mix as well could just be a complete nightmare for me um so I try I, I outsource you know a, a fair bit of stuff so, you know you know I get you know blanks laser cut and all that kind of stuff um but you know ideally everything would be in-house for me and in regards to employing people i'd prefer to invest in sort of machines so i've got the full control over it you know um you know i'd love to you know a, a, a bigger cnc machine here and all that kind of stuff so it's still myself in full control working the hours that i need to be working but um but i could just increase my output um which would probably work better for me but um yeah, I mean, how are things going, Jeff? With I mean, you've, you've got David now. He's he's how many days a week is David with you? Now four days a week. Oh wow, we okay, bumped cool. him up to four. Nice, nice. He uh, we we had a conversation, and I need more help. And I was talking about needing another person. He's just like, well, how about you just let me work more? And I'm like, there you go, perfect. Problem and, uh, solved. Nice. 
Yeah, so we're, it's, you know, I like, I, I made the decision long ago that this was a business. And when I had a business partner, I just didn't want, I want him to know that we're going forward too. Mm-hmm. I want this business to be going forward. And part of that is like just being a business. And I pushed the rock down the hill and now we're gaining speed. And it isn't, sometimes it isn't optimal. I mean, there are times where, you know, I would like to be doing other things sometimes, but I like where we're going. But And I also feel a, a strong sense of responsibility for everybody that we're, that we're a good unit. We're a good team. And I'm very happy with how things are going. And it's going to, it's, it's a lot of work, but it's, to me, it's worth it. And the other thing is, is like my father and my, both my sisters, they all own businesses and they were like, they've all been, I've seen what it's like being a small business owner and, you know, it's kind of in the blood, I guess. Hmm. But it's, you know, it's not for everybody. And in regards to you being Mareko, I believe that you are organized. I think it's, I think that you, there's just a couple of things you need to, you know, figure out. And I think, I think you can do anything you want to do. Well, thank you. Of course. I mean, it's, I think that that's the big, the biggest problem that people have is they, is they, they give themselves this thing. Well, I'm not like this. Well, you're like this. I'm not like this. And I think it's just that you can do whatever you want to do as long as you want to do it. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I I mean, I am my own biggest obstacle. So I just just need to work it out. Yeah. Work it out. And then, you know, you get the mess, enjoy those nice letters from the state saying, oh, by the way. You know, that's, and then, you know, you deal. You done, Jeff? There's like some, some internal monologue going on there. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, yes. Okay. You have to think. Okay. I've got another one here um, from Mika. Um, at, I think he's at Wittree Knives. Um, hey, guys, been a big fan of the show since the early days. So thank you for the good advice and great laughs. Uh, Jeff, you know what you should do for your G10 handle glue-ups, is check out a vacuum bag clamping. Uh, woodworkers use it to glue up veneers for furniture. Basically, it's a good way to clamp a large surface area of thin material. Then you could rip scales on your table saw, uh, and they'd be ready for drilling mounting, instead of having to glue them up after they are ripped to size. Um, and he says, may wear out saw blades fast, though, if you're cutting thicker material. Um, yeah, so he's saying, basically... Um, glue together bigger slabs um and in in this particular um example he's saying about using vacuum bag clamping um but i, I mean i would have th- i mean that's why I, I would have thought you would have done that as well surely you, you're not gluing up individual handle size bits are you listen micah you're wrong <laughs> you're wrong those vacuum bags won't work in this situation for this reason what i don't want is i don't want there to be any air bubbles in between, and I know the only person I've seen who gl- who glues slabs together mm-hmm. is Aaron Goff, mm-hmm. and I, I think he too. has a what? I do too. I glue, I glue you, slabs together. Ooh. And then, with what are you gluing them together with? What do you? What's your? What's your? What is the thing that's holding it down? So if I'm using two, um, let's say I'm sandwiching G10, like a liner okay. and a thicker G10, um, I'll put I'll drill dimple like I'll use a slab which is generally about like half an A4 sheet. So I can normally get like six hand six um, scales from each. Um, I'll put a, I'll drill dimples on on faces that'll match together. Um, I then spread very uh, lightly um, a uh, an epoxy. Um, I then use a greaseproof paper, like a baking paper, which I'll put down on the bench. 
um, I then put the two slabs together, and I then have like a um, a clamp. You know the the, the clamps that um, the clamp to the table, and then right. you, you know those ones, and just clamp down like four corners and one in the middle. And I've never had a problem. With, so um, your so your your slab lengths are like five inches by like um, the so by the width. So they're they're by the width. Yeah, I'd say they're probably six by twelve, maybe. Right. Yeah, but maybe up six by twelve inches. Right. Right. Yeah, and um, and then yeah, you've got a big slab then that you can you can cut up into. into I haven't thought scales. about doing it that way. I always think about doing it if I were to do it. I would do it, you know, when I buy the slabs, I get big old slabs, mm. and I would want to do it like that. I have nothing but fear that there will be air bubbles in there. So what I, that's what I don't want. I don't want to, like, cut something up, and then all of a sudden everything gets, you know, there's an air bubble in there, and they're not getting tight. But if you clamp so, into a, a hard, flat surface, and, and but if your a G10 clamp is going to be rigid enough, you know, if you're using a, a decent... But if there's an air bubble in the middle of the the slab and it hardens but if you if you're clamping against something flat there there wouldn't be i can't see how there ever would be. I've, I've never had the problem with it, i can't see i've how had air bubbles that. i've had air bubbles come before and it's like i've i've had air bubbles before <laughs> and i'm not and it, and it, and i just like i i whatever i'm doing now it's it's working for me okay but at the same time as i like i if i were to do it I would want to get one of them printing press clamps, mm, yeah, and then do it that way. But my fear, and I got to talk to Aaron because I don't know how he did it, is I would be afraid of like, you know, you start ripping the whole big block down, and then there are these air bubbles in between, and I don't want that or dirt. Like I can see, you can see dirt, and I don't want to see dirt. You know, but so what, like, but what you do then? Because you've got the the uh, the baking paper underneath, the parchment paper underneath. Um, once you clamp it up, you just bring that parchment paper over the top as well. Because if you get any run out of glue as well, it's going to catch it all. So it keeps your surface all nice and clean as well. I'm worried about the dirt getting in in on when you put the epoxy down. Hmm. I, maybe I got to look into it. All right. Maybe you're not. Maybe I'm, you're, I'm, you're I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying you know it, it, that's the way I. You're do saying it. I'm wrong. Me. It's fine. It I, I understand. I understand. I understand. I'm wrong. <laughs> Mike is wrong, but I'm not wrong. You're wrong. I'm wrong, but you're not wrong. Nobody's Mike wrong. Mike is wrong. We're all different. No, we're all wrong. Okay. Okay. Is there anything else you want to um, add to any of those questions that we've got? We've got a bunch there we haven't even touched on yet. Uh, I got one from Jmod Knives. He says, I have a question for Mareko. I saw a video of you sharpening a knife, Brute de Forge. Uh, sorry, sharpening a Brute de Forge knife. You put it on the 220 belt and then used a ceramic honing rod and finished with polishing the edge on some uh, cardboard is this the way you sharpen all his your knives uh, also do any of you recommend sharpeners that you clamp your knife and the stones are on a pivoting rods excited to hear what you guys have to say on the sharpening side of things keep killing it cheers uh, so if I so what he's talking about is my quick and dirty machine sharpening uh, I, I this is not how I finish sharpen my knives that I'm going to be uh, you know selling to a customer <laughs> shipping out to a customer halfway around the world i i do uh, occasionally or often start on the machine but i always finish on whetstones um by hand when i'm sharpening uh knives to get sent out um but this mm -hmm. 220 finish um with the honing rod and then some cardboard it's it's a great quick edge if you need a quick edge but um 
for my chef's knives, that's definitely not how I sharpen them before sending them out. Um, how are you guys sharpening your knives before you send your knives out? I use a Tomek. Um, he mentioned those those clamping systems, and I've used one in the past. I use a Lansky system, mm-hmm. um, but I just found it was just more fuss than what it was worth. <clears throat> sure, um, because you're still doing the work, um, whereas with a Tomek, that wheel's spinning for you, and you just you're just basically gliding it across there. Using you know you're becoming the guide. Um, you're not actually putting the force in. Um, yeah, those Lansky things. It was just a lot of setup and a lot of things that could possibly go wrong. And yeah, I don't. It didn't work for me. But um, sure. I've seen some some systems that I, I don't know who they are. There's, this is Russian company that makes a massive system, um, and it's it's almost like two foot long. The guide arm that you use, it's huge. Um, yeah, I'm sure you can get great edges. Again, there's many ways to get a great edge. But uh, what works for me is is, is a Tormac, just because I've, I've used it for a long time and I sort of put the hours in, I suppose. Yeah. The one thing about the Tormac that makes me kind of nervous is, and I st- I, I'm not, I used to be against it, and now I'm starting to slowly, slowly get back to it. Like, I appreciate it. You, It's not as foolproof as the Lansky. I mean, the Lansky, the Lansky system, that system... You can only put the stones on a specific way. On mm-hmm. a Tormac, if you move, uh, you can gouge your knife. Easy. Much easier than with the Lansky. Yeah, I suppose it's like, use, like using a platen. If you're not perfectly straight on the platen, you're going to get these bite marks. And it's the same with the Tormac, whereas you know, the stone is, in effect, your platen, isn't it? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I've seen... I've looked at those like edge pro and wicked edge sharpening systems um and i know professional sharpeners and makers who use those um either because um they don't trust themselves to freehand sharpen or they don't have the physical like faculties like especially older makers uh, being able to actually hold the knife still enough to be able to do it um, so they clamp the knife in but that way they also get super repeatable edges uh, our our buddy over triple b knives he uses an edge pro to sharpen all the knives that he's doing for um, a lot of the edge testing and sharpness testing that he's um that he does and uh, mm-hmm. he gets super consistent edges um, and he also gets very super, uh, very consistent results. I, I think, especially for somebody who's just getting in the knife sharpening, uh, or sharp, sorry, uh, you know, knife making and, and wanting to have a consistent way to put it, a reliable and good, uh, proper geometry edge on their knife. One of those sharpening systems is actually real. I think is a really good investment and a strong way to go. Um, and it's a lot less. I mean, honestly, like even when I'm sharpening knives now, they're a little bit stressful versus if Mm. I had one of those sharpening systems like the Edge Pro or something like that, I just clamp it in and I wouldn't have to think too much about the exact angle and everything. I can kind of just take my time. That's the other great thing about stones is you're removing material very slowly. And so you can kind of focus in one area versus another. That way you don't get like a dish out just in front of the heel, especially of a chef's knife or something like that. Um, or maybe you need to focus more out of the tip or down at the heel. You can do that very easily using those sharpening systems. Um, have, and they're great. So I think they're great for new people. Mareko, have you ever sharpened a knife and you finished it and your knives are so exquisite and they're finished with everything and you're sharpening it and then you got an errant scratch from sharpening? For sure. What do you do? Uh, 
depends on the scratch. Sharpie, Sharpie. <laughs> yeah, go back in and color it up like a fucking kids coloring book. Uh, no, I, I've had to. I've had to go back in and uh, and refinish blades. Honestly, uh, which is which is another re- honestly a, a good reason to use one of those sharpening systems because if you don't trust yourself to have uh, you know steady hand to freehand sh- stone sharpen a knife, there's 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 no shame in using a sharpening system. I'm just cheap and lazy. And so, uh, well, I guess I don't know if I'm necessarily lazy, but I definitely make mistakes and, and have to refinish knives, but having one of those systems, like our, our buddy, uh, Jeremy spake, he uses a system like that. And it's because, you know, he wants that, the, the exact angle and he wants, um, and he, he, he doesn't want to mar any Damascus finish that he's created on the blade. And those systems will help ensure that you don't do that. Mm. Dyson every film uses those too. Dyson, he always does videos of him using one of those systems for his knives. Yeah. Mm. We'll bring them to the artificery. Same thing. Yeah. I'd love to be able to go straight from, um, a belt on a machine and straight to stones. Um, because I think it would probably be maybe a bit quicker, certainly less setup time anyway. Um, but whenever I've tried that, I'd say maybe one in 10, I'm not happy with. And, uh, you know, obviously it comes, it's that whole thing with the more experience, you you know, more time you give at it, you'd get better. And, you know, those, those no, not rejects, but the ones that you're not, that aren't perfect, they'd get, you know, more few and far between. Um, but it's just, you know, when you've got a batch of 50 knives to do, you don't really want to be taking that risk, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's one of those things. But, um, yeah, Tormek works for me. Uh, Jeff, what's your um, sharpening regime? I use belts. I use belts, and then I finish off with the strop on the – I used to use the wire uh, – I used to use the buffer, the mm. buffing wheel with the, with the compound, and I found that it just took too much wire edge off. It just, you know – so I use belts and then uh, a little bit of slack on the belts, a tiny bit of slack on the belts, and then uh, I use the leather strop on the Tormek, which I love, and I fill the shit out of it with compound. Mm, yeah. So. Okay, cool. Um, plenty of nice talk this week. I think we could call it a day. Um, Morocco Bookends America is our title. <laughs> there you go. Um, right. Have a great trip, um, Jeff. Um, hope your class goes well. Thank you. Um, Thank everybody for listening, and we shall speak to you all again next week. Bye for now. Ah, there we go. That was a good show, dudes. It was a good good. show. Yeah, lots of good questions as well we had this week. Um, Good energy. Really enjoyed it. I've been thinking about that hardware lady the whole episode. I'm just like, (laughs) what the fuck is she doing? This small town places. Well, and part of me is like, all right, so you said she's the daughter of the owner. I'm assuming. I, I mean, so if she was, or she, maybe she's the spouse of the owner or something, I bet, like, part of me can is playing out the scenario in my head. Like, she feels underappreciated, not getting paid enough. Right. And so she's skimming off the customers to get that extra compensation. I would, <laughs> I think that it's a great story. I would never, I would not, I would not think that these people, some of these people at this store are not smart enough to do that. <laughs> Um, they're not as clever. I, I just think that there's, I think that there is a, a lack of thoughtfulness in regards to how people mm. behave. You should, and, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I think that I've been saying this forever is, you know, 
communication is a combination lock and all you need to know is the right combination. Yeah. And it's like, it's so easy for things to go well and it's even easier for things to go badly. And I just don't understand why people would, you know, it's psychological problems that make people choose to be an asshole and do dumb things <laughs> and make their lives harder on themselves. And then they blame the world. Well, especially mm. in a, a, a small town, it's stupid. Hardware store like, where yeah. you rely on the local population. Everything that you can to make the customer experience as good as possible, the better for your business. I mean, just old school customer service, like you're saying, tactics will get you really far. But <laughs> the other hardware store <laughs> no. in town, I know the guy, okay. and he lit me up because I wasn't buying all my materials from him. Or I wasn't buying a lot of my, my, he lit me up because a number, this is a number of years ago, because I wasn't buying my, uh, my disposable things from him. And he even said, I would even order them for you. Like what? Like I ordered a couple glue, glue, you know, epoxy. I once, I once ordered some stuff from him and the bill was three times, Hmm. three times what I was getting (laughs) from other people. And I was just like, I cannot afford, and he just lit me up and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, why would I come back? Yeah. yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Number one is you're just trying to be your own version of Amazon, which I understand. But at the same time, it's like, why wouldn't you, why would you light me up about it? Hmm. And you on know? consumables and things like that, they just, they just go back into the bin products anyway, aren't they? You know, well, it, literally it's all about price. Yeah. Three, it was three times the price. I was like, I paid. I was just like, oh my God, why did I do this? And mm. then he's just like, how come you're not buying more from me? I'm like, why are we? Why are we having this conversation? Why are you putting me in the spotlight? And it's it's this is this and 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 I feel sorry for these guys. These are small companies that are being destroyed hmm. by mail order businesses. Mail order businesses are making it much easier for people to deal with than these in store places. But you know, a guy who sells screw, if you want to get some quarter or twenty screws, like seven of them. You're not going to order them on Amazon, especially if you need them in five minutes. Yeah, yeah. But I don't understand. I don't understand it. But it's like, it just put me in a fucking mood. Yeah, I you're just, just so you cool. He wants to be connected with you in some way, but <laughs> he, he wants to be the guy either. supplying the ni- the cool knife maker. I don't. You know the guy from the Epicurious video. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Why aren't fingers. you buying the toilet paper from me? His I, face. That, yeah. I wipe his ass. I I, I sell him the fucking to- the bog roll. I, you know, he wiping, <laughs> the knife maker's wiping his ass with my toilet paper. <laughs> but that that girl who tried to overcharge you today, she's got no idea that she's been talking. You know, we're talking about. I'm here in France. Records. You know, the other side of the country as well. She's got oh. no idea of well. the butterfly effect of her actions. Speaking of which, I got a, you know, number, and I'm not, compl- this is not a complaint. This is just like my own inner irritation. I'm going to be doing uh, an interview, an article for this local newspaper here, which I'm happy to do. I'm for the local. Hmm. The, nowadays, it's not like, let's talk on the phone and do an interview. Now they send you 30 to 40 questions that you have to write <laughs> Holy back. Holy shit. I, and, Who's and right? the, the, <laughs> Jesus don't God. worry about it because she listens. She listens to full blast podcast now. So it's like I got to be real careful. And, uh, I'm sure she's gonna listen to this too, but she's not gonna listen to the after show because she doesn't know about the after show. So uh, maybe she does. But it's like, but it's like now I got to all of a sudden they're just like, oh, we're gonna talk about you and podcasting. Like, oh 
fuck what I've been saying about the people of this goddamn town. And I'm just like, oh, Jesus Christ, what have I said? And uh, I'm thinking, I know I fucking blasted a number of people in this town thinking they'll never listen to this. <laughs> Here we are. It'll all you come know. back to bite you on the ass. Fine. Yeah. yeah. I'll just move. So what you've been watching, what you've been listening to, what's been uh, exciting you this week? Anything? Mareko, anything good? Uh, we just started. We just started the second season of Altered Carbon. Uh, I think we're about three episodes, four episodes in. It's pretty good. We're, we've mm. been enjoying the series. It's pretty cool. Um, and then audio. I, I'd have to go and look at my audiobook list. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, what, let's see. Sorry. All right. Somebody else take the. I can't think of. Craig, what are you watching or listening to? <laughs> um. Alone, I was watching this week, oh, really? um, but also Bad Sisters, which is on Apple TV Plus thing. Um, it's like, a, it's like a, a dark comedy, I suppose. It's a British thing, um, but I think it's on worldwide. Um, really good about these Irish sisters, and um, one of them is married to this absolute prick of a guy, and they they decide to kill him. And this, yeah, it's, it's quite funny actually. It is good. Uh, Bad Sisters, that's good. Um, what else? Uh, that's it, really. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and say alone, which I've been really enjoying. No one would give a shit about what I've been listening. I, I found this app called Audacity, and it's and it has like r- local radio. App. Yeah, it's, it is. Yeah. And they have this one radio station, this sports local sports radio station, and this sports radio station has done a good job in terms of like they're starting to hire more like. A, you know, more shock jockey type people. And I got a funny story. <laughs> this one guy, Craig Carton, he's, uh, they talk sports, but he starts talking about, he starts talking about, he starts talking about, he's like, well, you know, when they fired me last time, I was eating all this Dominican food and you guys know about Mofongo. You know about Mofongo, guys? No. No. All right. Go on. It's, it's this Dominican food. It's not a joke, but it's, okay. it's, it's, it's this Dominican meat dish that's famous in New York. Uh, I think it has pl- uh, plantains and there's beef and stuff like that. So he, he starts going on. He's just like talking about like being in, you know, Mofungo. And I had all this Mofungo. And if you if you know about Mofungo, give me a call. You know, call call their show. So this guy calls up. And he's like, yeah, my wife called. My wife makes Mofungo all the time. He's like, yeah, how is it? And like, good, good. I want you to bring some next time your wife makes some Mofungo. You bring it down to the station and we'll have you on the show. And he goes, well, I don't know. I don't know. Come on. He goes, come on. I want to eat your wife's Mofungo. <laughs> I swear to God. It was a sports radio show at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It was just like, God bless local fucking sports radio. I want to eat your wife's mofongo. I was like, fucking, I wanted to send this message to God. Thank God for you, man. This is the exactly what I wanted to hear. I want to eat your wife's mofongo. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, so I'm listening to sports radio. It's ridiculous. Uh, that, it's a shame that's not going to be the title because we've already settled on it. Yeah, yeah. Don't your wife's that, Leave it at the end. Leave it. Leave it. Leave it. <laughs> I want to eat your wife's fungo. Craig Carden, man, he's a fucking badass. He got yeah. fired because he was he was a sports guy, and he, he got fired because he was doing all this incredible sports gambling. Like like he was and he was losing, and he was like, oh wow, it was totally crazy. He got arrested. It was a whole big production. Now he's back, so he's mm-hmm. like digging himself back in. So. Yeah, I tell you. Whilst we're talking about things to watch, I need to watch it because um, for some reason, I've, loads of clips have come up on my phone recently of that between two ferns. Oh, oh yeah, it's, it's, so it's, a couple, it's a couple of years, it's a couple of years old, and isn't it? But uh, I need to watch that this weekend, I think, because the clips I've seen are hilarious. They're brilliant. The Brie Lawson one is super funny, and Natalie. Really? Portman, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, Amy Adams is the one I saw uh, when he, when he says. 
she said, can you guess what I was called when I was in school? And without even blinking, you went, Cinnamon Muff. Yeah, it was just very, very funny. Jesus very funny. Christ. Yeah. Anyway, and with that... Um, well, oh, Morocco, sorry. You yeah. I figured out list. my book. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, my, the book I just finished is called Ego is the Enemy, Enemy by Ryan Holiday. It's a Stoic philosophy book, but it's it's about just kind of checking your ego at the door um, and, um, and, you know, uh, talking about a lot of historical examples and, and stuff, uh, you know, snippets of Stoic's philosophy about around ego and stuff like that and just basically not drinking your own Kool-Aid and getting caught up in your own shit uh, and and staying the course and doing good work. And so it's it's pretty good. Cool. I liked it a lot. I really enjoyed it. It's gonna it's probably going to be uh, one that I, I go back and listen to every few months because there's, yeah. there's oh, a lot of months, really... Wow. Yeah, there's a lot of really good information. It's just a quick listen. It's only six hours, seven hours. Um, and there's a lot of really good info in there uh, to unpack. So I, I find that by re-listening, it helps kind of like solidify some of the concepts and strategies and stuff a lot better yeah, yeah. for me. Yeah. I find that a lot with those type of books. So the first time you listen, gives you stuff to think about. Yeah. Then when you hear it again, it's like, oh, right. Well, I can see how I can put, put that into practice kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Cool. Very nice. Very nice. Um, yeah, send us your or your listener, especially like music recommendations as well. Be interesting to see what people are listening to. Um, what are we next week? Is two fifty? What are we going to do? I know two fifty. Fuck yeah, we need something. Yeah. to Yeah, I don't uh, think we're going to do anything. Spurt up the same old <laughs> shit. What <laughs> 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 eat your wife's fucking all right? See you That's next week. That's what people everybody. are here for. That's why they're here. That's what we're here. Thank for. Thank you all for listening. Bye for now. Okay. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.